first film review with What Do You Think with Al and C. Everyone give us a round of applause. We did it! Yay! We we did the first episode, which you will be seeing in two parts. Exactly. And now this is officially episode two. And uh, this review is for a little film that we got, well, not little, uh, a film that every film nerd is talking about and making a big ruckus over. Uh, this is uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, directed by the Daniels. Or just Daniels, as they seem to like. Uh, seem to be called. Um, let me, uh, how about this? How about let's uh, show the trailer and uh, then we'll read the log line of the film. Sounds good. All right, so. Uh. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you, be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. Wow, that was really good. Time is waiting in the wings. The universe he speaks of senseless things. is so much bigger you than you realize. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. Remember our mission concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse. There's no way I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every rejection, every disappointment has led you here to this moment. Don't let anything distract you from it. Wow. All right. <laughs> wow is right. 
Um, so for everyone who, because we're we're an audio podcast, so you couldn't see the crazy shit that was on screen, but you probably heard the crazy shit that's on screen. But now let me read you the uh, synopsis or the logline of this film. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. That doesn't even begin to cover half of what this movie is. <laughs> no, yeah, it's this movie. Before we get go into our opinions of this movie, this movie is insane. Just to put it lightly, it's insane. So, um, for those of you uh, who who don't know, the Daniels, um, their first feature film was uh, Swiss Army Man, starring Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe played a corpse. Yes. And before that... A farting were, corpse. Yes, a farting... Well, it wasn't just a farting corpse. It was a farting corpse that also was literally like a Swiss army knife filled with all these gadgets in its mouth and or ass. Um, the other thing these two directors were known for was prior to this, they directed the Turn Down For What music video, which at the time went pretty viral. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're basically looking... Uh, two filmmakers. Their names are Daniel Kwan and uh, Daniel Sh- Sh- Scheinert. Um, their their bread and butter is making gorgeous films that have a very uh, that they're weird. I, I think that's the yeah. best way we can put it. They're weird, they're but weird. but they never lose sight of an emotional through line that that you know makes you connect with these characters, even though they're in very uh, strange circumstances that um, I guess for some they might think oh uh, a fart a guy talking to a farting corpse oh that this mu- there must be comedic directors and here here's the funny thing I haven't seen Swiss Army Man but uh, see you have seen it uh, would you yes, I have. would you consider that film a, would you consider that film a comedy so here's the thing about Swiss Army Man it's just weird, in my opinion. It's it is really well shot, but and it does have funny moments, but the entire movie is just relying on its weirdness. And I have to admit, it uses its weirdness as a bit of a crutch. Yes, there is an emotional through line, actually a very good one. Basically, mm-hmm. Paul Dano's relation character's relationship with his dad. That's the emotional through line, but it's just so odd that it it becomes difficult to get fully on board with this. Now, I know many people who disagreed with me that they said its weirdness just made it endearing and the emotional through line, like, just made it even more powerful. But for me, it was just a little too weird for my tastes, just Mm -hmm. by a touch. But yes, there... This has this was the beginning of the Daniels consistency. Really odd, but strong emotional through lines. And... Like a good emotional center. uh, Yes, uh, absolutely. And I think that based on both of these movies, but it's not just a good emotional center. It's a very personal emotional center. They're going to really stick to something very personal, which they did with Swiss Army Men. All right. So um, Farting Corpses in their first film, Paul Dano in their first film. And in this second film, we have um, people putting on their shoes in the reverse order. We have people eating chapstick. Uh, we have literal sausages for fingers. Uh, and, we have oh, people fighting over 
who gets to sit on a dildo first? An an anal dildo, I think. Yes. Or what's the a butt plug? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I should have been more specific. Sorry, they are fighting over who to sit, who gets to sit on a butt plug first, so they can achieve uh, the fighting ability they require to win to win the day. That's Exa- what's insane. Exactly. So, um, this film, I hesitate to say it's just a comedy. It's so much more than that, but make no mistake, this this is a film that's going to leave you in stitches. It was the funniest thing. I, I know we're only like, what, four, four months into the year, but this was the funniest thing I've seen all year up until now. It is like there are some jokes and, and here's the best part about it. A lot of mainstream Hollywood films, what they do is that they have comedic actors just riff and say crazy things off the top of their head. And yeah, a lot of times that stuff's funny, but it's. It's usually just again the simple two shot or reverse over reverse shot uh, of each act character just having like just saying crazy shit making you laugh, uh, or you know in some other cases you have uh, you have direct you have like directors asking their actors to do something just completely crazy, uh, holding holding up like dildos holding up like sex toys and stuff and yeah you laugh you're like oh this is this is a little funny but you know that's it um then you have other directors like edgar wright and the daniels where everything they do in terms of filmmaking and character is to inform the joke like the the way they shoot a certain joke is is to make sure the joke comes off even stronger um the way they edit makes makes the joke funnier and makes us like there's they add layers to it with filmmaking technique with character and um even with musical selection and you don't see that a lot in hollywood again edgar wright does this and he's over there across the pond and Mm -hmm. the daniels they they're bringing this they're not exactly hollywood even though they've worked with like some big name stars uh they're not exactly hollywood but they have that similar sensibility that Edgar Wright has, which is like, let's not just have our characters say or do a joke. Let's make everything revolve around that joke just to prop it up and make it stronger. But the thing is, be, they they do this while also being those directors that like to intentionally do weird things. But as you said, they try to give meaning behind that weirdness. Yeah, like like the the weird factor, the outrageous factor in this film is justified over the story it's trying to tell. Um, this film is basically uh, about uh, uh, th- this is this is actually funny because uh, with Doctor Strange coming up with Multiverse of Madness and with uh, Spider Man No Way Home, this film like those is dealing with the multiverse, uh, and it's dealing it in a very unique and I would even say original way uh, in a way that it has I have not seen been done uh, before I mean well off the top of my head I can kind of say uh, X-Men Days of Future Past did this but never to this extreme no. um, so essentially essentially the mechanics of the story is that there is an infinite number of universes and one particular universe Alphaverse uh, Michelle Michelle Yeoh's character uh, is a is an incredible like scientist. She basically invented uh, inter inter universal travel, and she pushes someone close to her to become like the best uh, traveler that they've ever made. And instead, they go crazy, 
and they it appears that they want to destroy the multiverse and in the process kill every version of Michelle Yeoh's character Evelyn Wang in existence. Um, and in this particular universe, uh, Evelyn Wang's uh, husband, Wayman Wang, played by uh, K. Hui Kwan, who a lot of you may know as Data from The Goonies or Short Round from Temple of Doom, uh, where he's he's not been in he's not been in a lot of movies since the 90s uh, shockingly yeah. enough I'll, I'll I'll even tell you guys why I actually did some research on him and it's actually quite fascinating um, he also is a, a interuniversal travel and he decides to find a version of Evelyn Wang that can fight this uh, this uh, antagonist known as um, uh, uh, Deck. Uh, Jodeki Taki or something like that. It's a crazy name. Uh, and the protagonist, the Evelyn Wang that he finds is this, I guess you could say failure slash loser laundromat owner who she's not getting along with, with her husband. She doesn't understand her daughter, Joy. And, uh, oh, and her dad played by the incredible and iconic James Hong is coming over to visit and she wants to impress him with this nice uh, Chinese New Year party, if I'm oh, not mistaken. To be more clear, he's staying. He has moved in fully. Oh, okay. He moved in. Yeah. Um, oh, and on top of all that, they're getting audited by the IRS. Oh, oh, my God. And on top of that, well, okay, we'll get into the story a little bit later. There's other things, too. Yeah. So, um, so this is where we find her. And then, again, this this interdimensional interuniversal traveler version of her husband comes visits her and says hey you need to stop this villain and i'm going to teach you how to like access your powers or access accessibilities other versions of yourself have so, across the multiverse another thing that i think is important to understand is that and i think i don't know if it's been made clear in the audience you don't in this movie you don't visit another universe and then try to avoid the other you. It's you literally. You end up in their the body. body. Yeah, you end up in. Yeah, their you body end up in their body. Them. Or you can literally borrow the abilities and skills of another person. So it is important to understand that we visually. Well, no, 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 not see, another person. Or the no, no, it, the other version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, the other now, version of yourself. Yeah, the other version of yourself. Now, the important thing to understand is, so that means visually, it always appears as the same actor. It's never changing. It's just they suddenly, their emotions change completely because it's another person or it's another version of that person. Or they suddenly are able to do kung fu or they're able to do uh, incredible crazy skills very suddenly. Yeah, yeah. So... So um, basically, for example, uh, Evelyn, she's able to access the ability or kind of the the talents and skills of a version of her that is a famous actress in Kung Fu films. Um, uh, Wayman is able to is able to access uh, also Kung Fu skills from another version of himself that trained in Kung Fu. Um, and uh, but but yeah, so that's that's kind of the the setup. And this all comes to a head when they go to the IRS and uh, they're having an appointment with uh, with this IRS auditor, uh, 
played by Jamie Lee Curtis, named Deidre Bubirdia, which is a crazy name, and but whatever. Brilliantly played by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, like incredible. Oh no, role. brilliantly, really. It, it, this is this is one of those roles that you're like, I don't know who recommended or who got Jamie Lee Curtis the script for this, but I'm glad they did because she gives it her all in not only just playing an IRS auditor, but just these different versions of herself that we end up seeing it's it, it really is a fun time um jenny slate's in this for a little bit you guys might know her she was in snl for a bit and uh she's uh she she's also in parks and rec as um uh who is she in parks and rec she is the um she's john ralphio's sister um oh she oh, okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And uh, we also have, uh, and again, this is like the 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 third lead of the film. Uh, the daughter Joy, played by Stephanie Sue, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Um, I had not mm. seen her in a lot of stuff. Um, apparently, she's in the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, and she's also uh, she apparently had like a bit role in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. But uh, this probably is gonna make her a, a big name. Like a very, very oh, yeah. big name because um, not to get into spoilers, because he here's the thing about the film. Everything we've told you guys is like talked about in like the first 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. And 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 it, and it just gets crazier from there. But uh, but the daughter, Joy, as a character, she has a she has to do a lot of emotional heavy lifting, a lot of stunts, a, a, a lot of stuff in this movie. And she holds her yeah. own against someone as iconic and as celebrated as Michelle Yeoh. And uh, also, uh, Kehu Kwan um, or Data from The Goonies, he's uh, he has a he has a fight scene. And I just could not get over that, like, oh, my God, this kid from the, or this 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 actor from these the these couple of 80s movies that are super iconic. The last thing you would think is you last thing you think is like, oh, wow, he's a he's a great martial artist. <laughs> but he is. And yeah. and see, this is the crazy thing. So Kei Hu Kwan kind of left acting in the early 2000s. His last big role was in like 2002, I believe. Or, or just his last role, like in television or film, was in two thousand and two, <laughs> and he talked about that he left because he just said there weren't that many good roles for for people of Asian descent, and I just, you know, I didn't just want to be a background character for the rest of my career. So he stopped acting and literally became a fight coordinator, oh, like wow. working in stunts. So imagine my surprise when I'm like, wow, he's really good at this stunt choreography. Well, yeah, he's a He's a fight coordinator. That was kind of what he did between 2002 and, and now. Mm -hmm. um, he did stunts for X-Men. He did stunts for, let's see. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. There's like a... There's like a there's like a there's like a list on IMDb if you guys want to check him check him out just be like whatever happened to Data whatever happened to him because oh and then uh, apparently like in one of his one of his interviews he talked about that uh, that um, what's his name uh, uh the 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 chubby kid in Goonies oh do the troll uh, yeah I know what you're talking about um well, chunk. Apparently chunk. he became he became an entertainment lawyer. So I'm like, oh, chunk chunk is an entertainment lawyer, and uh, Data became a, a stunt coordinator. Interesting. 
Um, but yeah, there's a there's a Goonies sequel there of like them, like you literally whatever they're literally doing now, you have them come back and do like a sequel thing. But maybe who knows? Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the things I absolutely adored about this film. First and foremost, uh, the performances across the board are very very strong. Like there, there isn't a really weak link. Obviously, they're they're um, characters that are more like just they're kind of just there just to tell a joke, or at least you think. Mm-hmm. And then and then they kind of it kind of blossoms into like this this emotional character moment where you're like, wow, you you were able to unfold this coming from uh, a a very weird joke over mispronouncing a children's movie, (laughs) which, which again, please watch the film. If you want to know what the hell we're talking about. Um, But everyone gives their, no one's sleeping on this and no no one's sleeping on this. Not Michelle Yeoh, not uh, Kei Hui Kwan, not Stephanie Su, James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis. They're all giving it their all. And the result is like these emotional moments between characters that you you buy into like you're crying with them you're like befuddled as them and then just these like hilarious hilarious scenes where you're just laughing so hard because you've grown you like in the short amount of time you grew to know these characters and just seeing the situations they're in you're just laughing so hard so the performances here are strong across the michelle yo like i I don't know if this was is this like her first like outright like comedic performance comedic yes as far as I can tell but it's not entirely comedic because as you were saying even though it's filled with these hilarious moments it has some very important deep deeply emotional moments as well or dramatic moments yeah I'm I'm, I'm looking through her I'm looking through her um looking through her filmography at least in hollywood i'm trying to see if, if she because definitely in hong kong she's done some comedic films or or mm-hmm. or like you know k- kung fu films that had a comedic element to them but yeah sure. uh in in north in hollywood i don't really see it so but here's the thing she's hilarious she is oh. she is a gifted comedic actor like like with her with not only just like how she how she says her lines or how she performs, but also in her like physical movements, like like the things she does. Uh, she plays this hysterical middle-aged woman so well, who then oh, like perfect. oh god, it, it it like like I want her to be. I, I want her to headline more uh, more comedic films because mm. she she really does have a good grasp on what's funny. What I have to also add is that like so in the trailer you realize they give a hint at just how funny she is. When her husband is like, I'm I'm another version of your husband, and you need to save the world, and she just puts her hand in his face and just goes, and I'm I'm literally just recreating the line here. She just goes, very busy today. I don't have time for this. It's so subtle and so funny. Yeah. Of her just disregarding the end of the multiverse in two seconds. Yeah. But to also like, another great moment is, there's no denying that Michelle Yeoh is, has an amazing ability in both stunts and fighting. She really knows her shit without a doubt. But the fact that she's able to pull off these incredible things, but the facial expression she's giving the entire time of how am I doing this? Like she's shocked and confused by her own ability. It's, it is pulled off perfectly. 
like this is something that a lot of people know that uh, Jackie Chan is very famous for kind of this befuddlement while he's doing these kick-ass moves but I would say Michelle Yeoh does it even better no because, she absolutely does because uh, she's she's already she's a she's a much stronger actor than Jackie Chan no offense Jackie Chan um, but just <laughs> just like the just the look of shock when she's doing these incredible wushu moves and you just are like you're just like oh my god because you're you've known her for doing this I mean she's done so many wuxia films and just just to see her befuddlement like oh my gosh I'm just like kicking ass it, it's always great to see um, the other thing I absolutely loved about the film was the cinematography this film is gorgeous it is like like they make the IRS they make a federal IRS building look good. Do you guys know how hard that is? <laughs> well, the other thing is like okay, the throughout the movie it clips together different universes as one single scene. So the idea being is that you see different versions of the same person doing the same movement in perfect in a perfectly succinct way now they clip these together so perfectly that it is actually difficult to understand how they pulled it off Mm. basically the only way i was able to figure it out is that they simply shot these scenes multiple times and then clipped everything together as best they could and then did a massive amount of reshoots when they realized they were still missing some things like they just had to there's the only way you can do it is to hope you get it right yeah because it's it's all it's all shot there's a lot of on location stuff or if not on location on a legit soundstage with a set it's not all like you can tell if it was all green screen and there is there's one big shot that is clearly green screen, but the rest of it is just like, no, they're literally like moving. They're going to a different soundstage or they're going to a different setup, but somehow they're able to clip it together seamlessly. And it's incredible. Like this, that is what is like, it is impossible to understand how they fully did this without ending their own lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, this film, like in terms of its production design, in terms of its cinematography, it this wasn't like a super expensive film either. This only cost twenty four million to make, and um, it was shot. For those of you who don't know, that's not a lot in the world of film. Yeah, that's not even considered mid budget. Um, You know, mid budgets around the fifty to sixty million dollar range. Do you think the actors took a pay cut for this? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like the. Like when you have, and, and here's something really crazy. Really and truly, like maybe sixty percent of the film takes place in one building. Yeah. But they were, like, the shooting locations. There must have been like, at least in the upper in the upper sixties, up, upper seventies locations. Yeah. No, it, I, I'm being totally serious. Um. So. Because the sheer amount of, of scene or the sheer amount of scenes that had to be that are in this film, yeah, even like for just one frame, one shot, like that's that's expensive. So I can totally see that, like you know, Michelle Yeoh probably didn't get her full uh, quote. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jodie, Jodie Fa- oh sorry, Jodie Fa- Jamie Lee Curtis definitely didn't get her full quote. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, 
Yeah. Jeez. Um, Seventy Sue is an up and comer, so you know she probably doesn't have like a big, uh, a big bill mm-hmm. for the producers, and um, you know, Kehui Kwan. Um, I, I I don't know. Like Who knows? he he probably he probably took a pay cut himself. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jang, James Hong did this for pennies on the dollar just because, you know, James Hong has been in so many films that... And a ton well, of TV, too. Which no, is and, a, and a ton of, of TV that, you know, he's in that he's in that realm in an actor's career where people just want them for, like, cameos, you know, or, yeah. or, or just, just kind of be like, oh, have a, oh, it's that guy moment. And I can totally see their, their day, his day rate is probably He probably doesn't have a huge salary request, but he has a huge day rate, I'm sure. And I can totally see him, you know, seeing this and seeing that he's no, he's not being given like a glorified cameo just so people can point and say, oh, it's that guy. He's giving he's given a substantial part, a substantial supporting role in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really is. You know, he's not like a lead like Joy Wayman and Evelyn are. But he's probably like, like the most important supporting character in the film, and I can totally see that he he probably want really really wanted to be in this film. And here's the thing, James Hong is up there in age. Um, he is about oh I, I do not want to get his age wrong. Um, he was born in 1929, so oh yeah, so he's up there. He's up there in age. Um, and no joke. He has he has some scenes where he's doing some stunts and he nails them. So kudos to you, James Hong. You 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 kicked ass in this movie as well. Everybody kicked ass in this movie. Oh yeah, there was but there wasn't a there wasn't a as far as acting goes, not a single bad actor. Even yeah. the small even the smaller roles, you can tell they just they put their all in it. Yeah. So um, again, in terms of of the filmmaking, there there are shades of Edgar Wright on here. There, there's a sequence in this film that is ripped straight out of a Wong Kar Wai film, and it's not not done in a way to be mocking or making a parody. It is such a sincere homage to Wong Kar Wai that I just had I just had a big because Wong Kar Wai is one of my favorite filmmakers. I just had a big goofy smile every time that sequence was on screen. It, it was it was amazing, and I'm not gonna say who were part of that sequence, but all. All the characters that were in that sequence just pulled it off perfectly. I was watching uh, the actor that was in that sequence, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, wow, you are channeling Andy Lau and Tony Leung in the most perfect way possible. Did you did you get Paprika vibes at all? I felt like I got vibes from um, the animated film. Or, you know, it had an animated quality to it. Maybe that's yes, what it is. Yes, yes, it does. It does have, a like, an animation quality to it. I, I wouldn't say anime. I would honestly say more like Looney Tunes. Like, uh, I would actually go more with anime. I would say it had a, it had a high-budget anime quality to it. But like the anime of today, not the anime of the 80s. Mm, uh, I, I see Looney Tunes just because in like the shocked expression, the crazy stunts that were happening. You know, that was just something I would always see more like in the golden age of Looney Tunes. Um, kind of that like that like, oh, all these things are happening, but they, they, they still seem to be fine somewhat. Even though obviously when people get hurt in this film, they get hurt. And and, you know, yeah. spoilers, some people die. We're not going to say who, but people die. Um, so yeah. And, uh, so if you guys love the look of Swiss army, man, you love one car, Y films, you love the editing of an Edgar Wright film. 
Um, you love the uh, over-the-topness you might see in a Boz Lerman film. Uh, yeah. All wrapped in a in a story about a, a family trying to understand each other. And then on top of that, the craziest and most inventive, inventive multiverse movie you'll probably see. Like, I highly doubt Multiverse of Madness will go as crazy as Everything Everywhere All at Once did. No, and we're actually, when we see multiverse of madness we're gonna we will not be able to help but compare the two yeah we'll have to yeah yeah exactly um the 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 acting on here is again on point everyone's giving their a game um one thing i i will say now um outside of the realm of the movie you know in the real world uh when when Everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once started being screened across the United States. It got, it generated a ton of hype on film Twitter. And I mean, a ton of hype. People were calling this automatically the best film of the year. Uh, one of the best films of the decade. Uh, we have a friend who said that it's the best film of the decade. Uh, there was, um, there was some Twitter users who compared this to Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I only ever saw I, I didn't. So believe it or not, me showing the trailer on this episode was the first time I've seen the trailer in its entirety. I saw really? like maybe. Yeah, I saw like maybe oh. the first minute of the trailer and then I got distracted and I just never got around to watching it again. It's so, a great trailer. No. It, yeah. So but what I'm what I'm trying to say is that I I, I, I basically started learning of the film on Twitter mm. and and the hype grew for me because these these are people I respect their opinions on film. You know, I, re, I respect and I agree with them when they talk about the, the the issues and situations that modern Hollywood is having in terms of original and innovative storytelling. So, yeah, the, the hype kind of grew on me. And after I watched the film, like I was telling C when we were leaving the theater, I said, this film is the funniest thing I've seen all year. This has... Definitely one of Michelle Yeoh's best performances in her entire career. Um, Stephanie Su is going to become a big name. And Kehu Kwan is going to be a presence in Hollywood again. But I, I, I was a little... I, I, underwhelmed is the wrong word to say. I was whelmed. I was like, this is great. This is amazing. But this isn't the best movie of the decade. And it probably won't be the best movie of the year. So if I may say then, so for me, if uh, let's use our rating system. I would say, for me, this movie was flush, truly. It earned it, it was original, it was unique, and it's worth seeing. I would actually say, if you can see this in theaters, do it. Oh, it's yeah, definitely, seeing. definitely. Now, but here's the thing. The level of hype, both on film tw Twitter and among cinephiles, gave off the impression that this movie was going to fuck and it just doesn't fuck not for me it, it i can't go that far with it because the hype was just a little the hype was so insane and this isn't the movie's fault at all the hype was just so insane like once you say that this is better than eternal sunshine of the spotless mind or it's better than I heard someone say it was better than inception. Like they were saying it was better than every possible thing that millennials really hold close. And then when it's not that you're like, you again, disappointed is not the word. 
It's just, a, you just have to acknowledge where the movie is really at. And what it is, is very good, very flush, and it's a must-see in theaters, but not the greatest movie of the decade. It's just yeah. not. No, yeah. I I would give this a low flush, like, like or a flush with no, low numbers. Um, <laughs> um, I absolutely love the cinematography. I love the performances, but I... You know, there were issues that the film had. I feel like its resolution took a bit too long to wrap up. Like, like by the time I could see how, how the bad guy was going to be defeated, how, which, oh, by the way, speaking of the bad guy, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I will say that the villain in this film is very well realized. Like, oh, absolutely. You, you, you understand their point of view. You understand why they are against uh, this family why why they're they're fighting to their destroy goal. the multiverse yeah yeah we we get we get why and that's really hard to do usually villains is like especially when when you're doing a film that is this out there and this crazy uh you either you either are like you kind of shortchange your villain or in order to develop your villain, you kind of shortchange your, your leads because it's like, well, I got to show why all this stuff is crazy and weird because this film does have exposition, but it's very natural. Um, but here's the thing. This film isn't that long. It's only like two hours and 19 minutes. And they're able to fully develop our our three leads, explain, explain the world of the story, and fully develop the villain all in that time frame. And... I'm like, oh, you even had some stuff. You even had, you could even cut this a little bit, you know, because I did feel like the resolution, because already I knew like where it was going. I mean, it was pretty apparent where this, where this story was going to go, even though, even though it's very innovative in its world of multiverse travel, like at the heart of the story is this, is this domestic drama. And, mm -hmm. you know, th there's only one or two ways this thing can be resolved. And yeah, and I'm not saying the film is predictable. Like in many ways, it's not. But once once the film shows you its cards on the table, you're like, oh well, then it has to end like this. And, and it did. It, it does. And you're not mad that it does. It just it ends the way you expected. And you, that's I fine. I just wanted to to hurry it up because I was like, I, I know how this is gonna end. So let's let's wrap it up. Come on. So I I feel like the film could have had some some minutes some some scenes shortened. Um, yeah, there point... is, you could, I would say there's, okay. So there are many multiverses featured and there are some that are featured like once as a, as an off brand joke, obviously keep those. And then there are, there are like five or six multiverses that are a part of the story. You could have lost one of them and you'd have been fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, some of them like were, uh, sometimes it felt like the Daniels, they they like being weird and they like showing weird. And there were some scenes that were that I was like, this is them being weird just for weirdness sake. Um, and then there are some where, oh, they're being weird, but they're challenging themselves into making you caring about these characters in this odd and off kilter situation, which is fine. I like I, I like that they challenge themselves to do that because that's how you grow as an artist. You know, you're like, OK, how can I how can I connect with humanity with a certain with a certain aesthetic? And they they do that quite well, um, but yeah, no, there were some there were some universes that I was like, why 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 are we watching this? That, I mean, you could get rid of this, and the point would have still worked. Um, the 
let's see. The 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 only other like critique I would I would give this is that there are while everyone gives their a game, you sometimes wonder like oh, okay why why is why was like there there are two characters I'm like why are they here, um and and I I for the life of me don't know why. You could have you could have cut them and the story would have been fine. I'm not saying they do a bad job. These 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 two performers do a great job. But you're always just wondering like what well, but outside of like this one scene that you're important in, you're really a non-entity in this film. I'm pretty sure C knows which two I'm talking about, but that that was my only other mm. critique of the film. Um the writing again, you know where the story goes and I'm not critiquing the story for that. Um but Definitely. It, when you I know was... what it is? It 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 sh the movie just became a little self indulgent. That's what it is. Yeah, the movie became just a little self indulgent. Not enough to turn me off or to get me off my high with the film, but just enough where I'm I'm not gonna be screaming in those streets that everybody needs to see this movie. I, I'll rec I've recommended this to all my friends. I recommended it to to everyone who's like likes like something different. I said no. This is the movie you need to see. Um, and here's the thing, everyone in our theater was laughing at the right jokes, was like crying at the right, uh, tearful scenes. So, you know, even though it's a you might think this is a very niche movie, it actually ha it actually can have broad appeal. Like some people who are just watching it just to see Kung Fu and comedy, some people watching it because they love Asian cinema and Michelle Yeoh is a lion of, of, or a lioness of, of Hong Kong cinema. Um, just People who may be curious to see, like, oh, Data from Goonies is back, you know? Mm -hmm. And then just people who are fans of Daniels who are like, who are like, I want to see how butt fucking crazy they go. And believe it or not, they they go beyond butt butt fucking crazy. So yeah, this to me is a flush with no with low numbers. Uh, see, what did you give it? I gave it a flush with uh, high numbers. It's not a royal flush. But it's a flush with high numbers. Okay, okay. So, yeah, that's everything everywhere all at once. Uh, a multiverse film in that will now. probably... It's still in theaters. It's in theaters now. Please go see it. it it's a lot... It, if you love weirdness, uh, butt plugs, kung fu, <laughs> uh, Michelle Yeoh's singing at various moments in time, and uh, weirdly, weirdly enough... Um, if you like, like, kind of like a diesel punk aesthetic, which this film does have at parts, um, you're 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 really gonna like this movie. This this movie's really gonna speak to you. Um, I don't think it's the best movie of the decade. I don't think it's. I don't think it. I think it's still too early to say if it's the best movie of the year. But definitely, if even if all you want is just a good laugh, this is probably the best comedic film out right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Go, if you consider yourself a cinephile, go see this in theaters. Yeah, go see this in theaters. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our first film review on this podcast. We're so happy you guys are with us. And yeah, uh, until next time, everyone take care. See ya.